Welcome to Nana Tings. Oh, we are gonna get into some tings on these episodes. So there's gonna be a few parts because I have a lot of guests that are down to do this episode. So quick opening for it. This is about dating apps. <laughs> I have said a lot on my podcast and in my poetry books about my feelings with dating apps. And I am over them. I've had, okay, don't get me wrong, I've met some cool people, but I would say that's about like 10% of my experiences. I've had maybe some terrific sex moments that also though left me depleted and brokenhearted as the sensitive human that I am. But I also had some horrific moments, okay? Like crazy ass stories. So I'm ready to get into it, all my guests. And there's gonna be a few parts of this episode because there, I can guarantee there is going to be story on story on story. So buckle up, grab your champagne, please grab a snack because it's about to be some crazy shit happening. <laughs> Don't forget to check out my new book, Antonio's Return, available now on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble. It is an amazing book that talks about my journey of approaching 30 and it has a lot of astronomical uh, themes involved and I would really love if you all could check it out. It, it means so much to me. My first guest of the Dating App series is my friend and fellow creative Chad Remy. This conversation is amazing. We talk about so many things from dating apps to Twitter culture to OnlyFans and everything. So I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Antonio here with Nana Tings. I have a special guest for my new dating series, my fellow creative and cute friend, Chad. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Hi, uh, how are you? Hi. I'm amazing. I am feeling great, feeling cute, and I am ready to talk, girl. I'm so glad <laughs> to have you because I know, well, I knew, so everyone listening, Chad's like a new friend of mine, but like, I'm just infatuated with his energy, just like really good spirited. And, you know, it's, we're going to talk about this through apps and stuff, but like, it's rare to find in our community sometimes. So um, I'm just happy to have met you and have really fun times with you. So like, let's get into it. Um, so, girl, first question, uh, what apps are you on or are you on? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I recently got into a relationship. So, have since, <laughs> yes, yes, have since deleted all of the apps. Um, and it was kind of a slow progression. But uh, the apps that I absolutely adored when I was in the scene, especially just moving to New York and really trying to find people of similar caliber to me, I really am obsessed with Hinge, right? I think Hinge is the like baby between Tinder, Grinder, Instagram. It like merges all of that. You get a full 360 taste of who someone is, the energy that they present. Um, and also you can really tell if they're, they're going to match your level of, uh, intensity and vibes really quickly. Fuck yes. Wait, so the boyfriend, um, where did you meet him? Was it on the app or organic? 
So a little bit of both. We had messaged on Grindr when I first moved to the city. However, I did not share any like real pictures with him or anything. And he even called that out. He was like, like you never sent me. Real pictures? Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> yes. He was like, you never sent me any pictures. I had no idea like what was under your clothes. And I was like, we're here for the surprise. We call that surprise and delight, baby. I like that though, because it gives you that organic moment. Because I'm the kind of person where like, if you're asking for nudes right away, I already lose interest. Yes, yes. Because you can see their intent, right? And like, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum. I am very sex positive. However, don't make this assumption that when where you meet me, whether it would be Hinge, Tinder, um, which I'm actually banned from Tinder for life. And we can touch on that later. But, uh, I- or Grinder. There's... <laughs> don't create this like one set standard that like this is only for sex and like more so meaningless sex right like you can still have very intentional sex through grinder yeah you know it's funny you say that uh i have a problem where i'm a hopeless romantic and for me like you said like no shade to anyone but i i can't separate my heart and my penis it's yeah like it just, I'm a passionate fucking lover. Even if it's a one-night stand, if I, like, say I'm in France or something and I meet a guy in my dreams and I know, like, he's not going to move to America, like, I already know the circumstance and I'll have the most romantic one-night stand. But mm-hmm. these apps, so sometimes when the attention right away is, like, dick pic or aggressive, like, sex details I don't need to know right away, I'm so turned off. Or some guys you meet already assume that you're like them, that you're here just hit a quitter with no heart. And I'm like, no, like, ask me, like, I don't know, I like to feel special. Yeah, that's like what demisexualism is. It's like having needing like an innate connection before you're like gonna give your body up to someone, right? And I think with Grinder, you have all of these like scripts, like, hey, what's up? Into pick, face pick. And it's just like, when did we become so robotic? It's almost like we stopped becoming humans and started following this like me- mechanic route to have sex. And I-, I just think there's no need for that. I love that you brought that up. So like, let's talk about grinder culture really quick. Like, so my friend Kyle, which I'm gonna have him on one of these episodes in the future again, he brought up that he was reading an article about how the dating apps, we get so focused on like getting liked, sending a picture, being sexualized that like when you delete it, you actually have a decrease in dopamine for a few days and you get depression from it. So when he told me that, isn't that crazy to think about that? Like, we fall in a trap of like dopamine surges and then like decreases from deleting it. Yeah. Yeah. A week later that you're like off of it. Yeah. And I almost wonder ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I almost wonder if it's, we're setting ourselves up for instant gratification about longevity. Right. And so we're putting ourselves in these cycles of sending a picture and having that rush of like, will he send one back? Will he find me sexy? And it's not even the fact that you're going to meet up and create a connection or experience. It's for that moment where you can swipe up, you know, close the app and feel like you've been validated. Right. And so we're putting ourselves into these cyclical cycles of true, like essentially trauma, because what we're going to do is we're going to create less and less validation within and outsourcing all of that to these people who don't even know our names, you know? Or care to sometimes, they don't really don't care to. Yeah, yeah. Thing is like the mind fuckery. So quick story that actually happened last week. Um, met this guy, had a great time. Oh, I was saying a little bit in Vegas. Um, I won't say any names, but <laughs> well, I wasn't sexual at first, came over my room, had Rosé, we made out, like literally the perfect guy. Lives in the Midwest. Anyways, we went mm. to a pool party, went to Eiffel Tower, yada, yada, went to dinner, had amazing sex. 
promised me all these things and then ghosted me the next day. And then three days later, like hit me with a text, like gaslighting that it was like all me and not him. Granted, it was all his idea to talk after with FaceTime dates and shit. Mm -hmm. So for me, like dating apps, like my experience has been like that. It's been like a lot of guys that play their cards as like a romantic or, you know, seeing the things that like they know that you want them to say and then really showing their true colors after 24 hours and like breaking my heart. So yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like, especially in the gay community, it's created this like culture of like use and abuse a little bit or like hit and run. And I'm just like, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're being filled with narcissistic people who are love bombing, right? They're creating these deep and meaningful connections like in 24 hours and they close that chapter right the next day, right? And that's not how a lot of people, that's not how we were made to love. And I often think like for you, for example, I think if someone came to you and was like, hey, I don't have the emotional capacity to start something seriously, but I find you really beautiful. I would love to like have an experience with you. I feel like you would be more open to that with them just communicating exactly where they are. And you'd be like, right? Like, like Louis Chat, like that's what I want. I, when you start really in though, being like, I want to fly you out. I want to date you. And then my whole chance to guess what she tipsy. I'm like hearing all these things and I'm like, no guy has ever said that to me. I'm like, just be honest. Like, I don't mind sucking your dick and having sex for 24 hours and then never talking again. If yeah. I know it's an experience, you're not going to use my heart. But when mm -hmm. you start diving into that territory, mm -hmm. it becomes a fuck boy. Like, yes. no. Yeah, absolutely. We have no energy for those types of romances as quick churns that really just play off of your emotions, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, have you ever had, so a part of this uh, part, segment, I, I want to have like crazy stories. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had like a wild grinder moment or Tinder moment or hinge? Well, I mean, besides being bad from Tinder, which I need to talk about that after, but like, what's the, <laughs> if you had a wild story, what's the wildest like story? <laughs> so I think there's probably, uh, there's probably like two that come top of mind. The first one is a couple of years ago when I was back home. Um, I live in the suburbs south of Boston. And when I say suburbs, girl, I mean suburbs, girl. Um, <laughs> and I found this man on Grinder, and he was a, a lot a bit older than me at the time, probably like 15 years older. And I've never been one to really discriminate against age and really found him sexy. And I went over to his house. Um, and it was a really great experience. And it was kind of while I was still in the closet. And after he was like, yeah, like, come like, I'll give you a tour of the loft. And I saw all of these YouTube plaques up and down the wazoo on his wall. And I was like, what do you do for a living? And he was like, I'm a gay YouTuber. And I was like, a gay YouTuber? And this was like when I was deep in the closet, like I had no clue what, what that was or that there were even that uh type of lifestyle and so I was like okay like that's cool and we parted ways and I went back to college and I came back home again and found the same man and ended up going back to his place and really building like this slow connection that actually turned into a relationship and I say that it's weird because I've never that was the first time I ever fell for someone in, in an emotional capacity from Grindr because I strictly was using it for sex when I first came out, like experimenting, um, coming to acceptance with my sexual prowess and um, how I wanted to be like seen and heard and felt. Um, and we ended up actually having a long distance open relationship because he is from California. And I just thought it was the most 
crazy moment for me as I would never was looking for a relationship, but actually happened to grow into something where he was a porn producer as well. And so we traveled the world. And when I mean the world, I really mean the world, like Hong Kong, Amsterdam, she was international, global. Um, And it was at a time when I literally like did not know who I was as a queer person, as like my gender identity and sexual identity and really coming to terms with it. But to be like projected into that realm of like queer content and um, sexual explicitity and really like coming to terms with it. It was pretty intense for what was what was supposed to be a one stop grinder hookup that ended up turning into this long relationship. Like, yeah, okay, so that's not as, okay, mine, my story is a little cracked out then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I live here. Yeah, I'll tell you, okay, so last year, um, I met this guy in P-Town off of Grindr, it was his birthday, and I went to a party, and I came back, and he met me outside my hotel. I guess my friend that I was with was, like, really, really drunk up the hill and was coming down, and I guess, I don't know what the guy thought from Grindr, if, like, yeah, I was trying to do a threesome, which I wasn't. I was literally, our plan was to go stargazing because it was his birthday. I was like, instead of just bringing you back and having sex, like, let's, let's make it like a birthday moment, moment first. Yeah. Well, yeah. out of nowhere, he just yells, like literally high pitches screams and runs up the hill. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, Chad, like literally. Like goes, perks of a wallflower scream. Like, I think I saw him jump over a fence and then he just went hiding. Like he ran back, he must've ran back to his Airbnb or something. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Like he got out of the vehicle, sprinted up the hill, not even the the fence, and into the woods. He walked. <laughs> <laughs> I think his Airbnb was like four blocks from my hotel. So he walked there and then he sees me and he's like, hey, what's up? And then he sees my friend and then he just looks at me, says no words, starts screaming. And then he runs up the hill and then jumps over a fence. Girl. And the hill was steep, like in P-Town, like it's up, right? It's like he went up and then jumped over a fence. Girl, he was like free Uber home. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. But you know what's so funny? Out of nowhere, I got like an Instagram video a month ago of him like jerking off. And I was like, dude, Cause like he blocked him for a while. It was like this yeah. weird thing. Like he screamed, ran, blocked, ghosted. And then now I was like trying to get back in my pants if I'm ever back in Peton or Boston. And I'm like, what is happening? But yeah, yeah. that for me, that was just like a weird grinder moment. Cause like, you know, it's, it's, I, I love that you brought up demisexual. Cause like, I think you're starting to open doors for me in the sense of like, I never realized like that is the kind of lover I am. I do go based on energy. Like you could be beautiful, but like, I won't even fuck the hottest guy unless I feel energy safe. Like I have to feel safe with them. Right. And for me, grinders and mind fuck. Cause sometimes, you know, these looks are deceiving. Mm-hmm. I think someone mm-hmm. like me, and I'm not saying like everyone has to obviously have my ideology on apps, but someone that does get sexual arousal and companionship based on energy, it's hard through an app. It yeah. really is. Like, yeah. I don't know. I had an ex-boyfriend last year from Hinge and we just, we were not compatible. No. Well, it was so. trying too hard. So no shades of Capricorns out there, but I'm a Libra. <laughs> it is not a mix. <laughs> like, No, it is not, girl. Not, like, I'm fun. I'm a rising Gemini, a moon Pisces. Mm-hmm. I'm like fun and flirty, but also emotional. Capricorns are yeah. just like, y'all are no shade blunt. they're blunt <laughs> they are and like mm-hmm. he i guess like a 
our app situation, obviously I have friends that like are dating through apps and they have great relationships. But for me with my karma, I just get people that are like thinking they want me or I think they want them. And then we have this yeah. ideology of what a boyfriend should be. And then it's a mess. Uh, um, yeah, we like butt heads a lot actually the last month. And now he has me blocked on everything. I'm even blocked on Pokemon Go, which I don't understand, but. Yeah. How do you feel? We should actually talk about that, about exes. When you break up, um, do you feel the need that you need to block them and that you need to like not see them or mute them? What is your relationship with that? That's a really good question. Um, I saw on Twitter, I don't know if you were a part of the conversation yeah. actually, about archiving photos that was that, i tweeted that i tweeted that yeah okay. so the archiving photos i get in the sense of like um if you're single and you want like because you know how some gay guys are like yeah look at those photos and be like oh they're either an open relationship or they're so fucking like because like yeah. we'll talk about this later on with like twitter culture and like the judginess like mm -hmm. these are gonna be mean like that right so i get the archiving thing where it's like oh i want to be single but then at the same time like you said in your argument on twitter like if it was a good moment yeah. And especially if y'all ended on good terms you I don't know I, I'm really turned because even my ex said like we ended on bad terms there are some photos like we went to Tulum together last year on my birthday yeah. and moments were like I didn't archive because they were like they were fucking good yes. and, like, yeah, it was a good I, moment I look cute as fuck like I look yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to blocking okay so if it's a toxic ex like if it was abusive or mm. you were cheated on I get mm -hmm. the trauma you mm -hmm. need to hide. but mm -hmm. honestly like I don't know like if it's just if it just ended well or like it just ended as like mm -hmm. a lot of flings do I don't some people go extreme like let me tell you like my ex literally I'm not even kidding I'm blocked via email like I can't like email text call TikTok, Twitter Snapchat I'm blocked Facebook and Pokemon oh. and he's the one that broke up with me doing the yeah. most so oh my. I do disagree with the blocking things I feel like if it I don't know I don't know maybe okay if it's someone's healing yeah but like yeah. I think people just do it because they can't process that they may have fucked up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's some shit right there. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, whatever mm -hmm. your human process is, but a lot of you fuckboys out there, you may do the blocking, but you fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not willing to own up to that. Point blank, period. Yeah, yes. like, how do you feel about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I said on Twitter that I don't understand the archiving process I for most situations. For example, the point about letting people know that you're single yeah. that is changing your past to please other people right that is archiving okay, your like past for someone else to now perceive you differently and I just do not care about that I do not have a place for that in my life like these are all experiences that happened and for context um my last relationship ended because of cheating um where my partner both in a open uh, both in a closed relationship and an open relationship um and side note you can cheat in an open relationship it's called breaking the rules and <laughs> point blank period but even looking back on those memories those were all core to my last year right things that like truly defined my personality and pushed me and challenged me and were sacred moments that i'm not willing to just like blanket statement saying 2020 didn't exist because of the way that this ended and like at at a time there was there was a few posts that was like I'm so in love with you and like yes I I deleted those posts but there are other ones where it's moments of just pure experiences like sacred moments where we did something super special and, and meaningful to me and I still want that to represent 
the last year, especially with everything that went on, right? Um, that I've healed in my own ways, but I'm not willing to archive that out of my, um, out of my narrative and out of my story. Um, but I also understand that I have a very different perspective than a lot of people. And although I don't hold any like malice, obviously towards how people choose to like go about that, I personally do not think archiving or blocking or deleting, if it's not meant to like help you heal, if it's meant for showing people you're single, it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, you know, you brought up a really good point about like changing your past to, you know, for someone else to like you. Yeah. This is going to like actually go right into uh, another topic. Um, I really want to get into like Twitter culture. Mm. Uh, And Mm. I'm going to say Twitter culture the more than Instagram culture, because really there's something about Twitter hate that has become so popular. And it honestly breaks my heart. And like how you also said you have a different perspective. It's because I, I feel like you're enlightened. And there, there are a lot of people out here that are, we're, we're light people, right? We're light workers. And, and yes, your yes. energy, your aura is so bright. Like as someone that reads energies, you have it, girl. Like you and I have, I think we bring a different perspective into our own community, but also into Twitter, social media, how we use our, our voices and platform. Yeah. But a lot of people are not doing. Yes, um, So how do you feel about this whole, like, like, let me shit on you kind of culture or like, or let me talk about like my my sex numbers to be better mm-hmm. than you. Like what mm-hmm. what is this? Yes, I feel <laughs> like it's creating, a, specifically within Twitter, I feel like it's creating a hierarchy um, in the way that they feel like when someone occupies space, it is like you have to tear someone else down to make space for yourself. Versus light workers, when we occupy space, we create more space. We're creating space for you and I to both go up. And I feel like with within a lot of uh, queer culture, it's how do I get to the top and how can I use you to get there, right? And through it, it's like, it's like that iceberg depiction that comes with every pride. It's like the tip of the iceberg is always like the white muscle twink gaze and they're at the top and at the bottom are like queer BIPOC creators and um, people who actually deserve the spotlight. People who have a narrative that we have not been like, that have not been seen, heard or felt, right? Versus a white muscle gym twink who is here to show you his like fitness routine. Like girl, you can find that anywhere anywhere but like what does your heart say right like what how are you bringing other people up and I feel like I don't see enough of that in a lot of the social spaces that um we occupy yeah um I'm everything you just said yes 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 retweet to the max yeah I was like I'm over here just like a little stunned I'm like (laughs) I've been trying to fucking say to people yeah you know I want to talk about this also goes into OnlyFans so Mm. like a, a little side note like before we get into this topic, obviously not shaming sex work. Like I know you have an OnlyFans. Like there, yeah. obviously we are not shaming this, but I want to feel special. So going back to that guy I was telling you about with like mm-hmm. um, the twenty four hour fuckboy thing, and then me flying there. So yeah. I, me being me, and it being twenty twenty one, I found his Twitter. <laughs> not a big following, but what yeah. he's doing is like I'm not gonna shame like your single go have sex, but he was a lot of his tweets were clout based, mm-hmm. like. Uh, Mm-hmm. like very like um explicit sex tweets to get attention yeah and it was the weekend that he was hanging out with me too like i saw the post date of like just got fucked in a sink just mm-hmm. this and then he had a friend like videotape him like leaving a dinner like he like he like he, i guess he acted he made this whole like video thing of him leaving just to brag about like oh this is how i leave to like go get dick and dinner and come back yeah. and like for me 
I don't know. It comes off a little tasteless when I know you're doing it for clout, but yeah. the person that you are is actually a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Do you ever yes. say it's yes. a, it's a persona that like, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to even do with the sex. It's like, it's just like, why are you trying to be like catering to like this? I don't know. Demographic. Exactly. I've had the exact, and I'm not kidding you, the exact conversation with my partner um, two nights ago about this person that I met in New York City, who when I first met him, we connected so deeply on music and like how it, it is like the space that you're allowed to like truly express through like body language and um, your like history comes out and it was such a beautiful conversation and his whole digital persona on Instagram on Twitter is abs peck and ass and like every time I see him out he runs up to the most famous person at the venue the club promoter the like DJ and like finesses his way in every single time um and every time I saw him out he would cold shoulder like mean girls me like turn around and do this and I'm like when did the person that I knew who just moved to New York City the same time I did we connected over like past experiences and coming and like setting yourself anew and like resetting your brand and I think our brand resets have hit a very different crossroad where I'm here to like create space like we talked about and I feel like he's there to like finesse his way up the ladder and really climb the hierarchy for clout um and it's sad it's really sad because I know he can do more and I know he can be more um and he's choosing to kind of sit in this in this zone that like this fast track lane right that we've seen time and time again uh the queer community go through and I just I feel like we have so much more to say and do and be than that well, you know, you brought up a really good point. Um, I this is I'm going on the record right now saying this. You're one of the first people I'm telling this to actually. Um, I gave up nightlife because yeah. yeah, I stopped producing events pretty much. Um, I'll host because that's just more my vibe and like I can yeah. my environment. Mm-hmm. Like Chad, to be honest, like it got really toxic. My last event with Richie, like we were talking about it, people were literally using us um and people came i had one person come um and start talking about my ex-boyfriend to me and then apparently my ex like was gonna come and then did this whole like psychological warfare which she was telling like one friend that he was coming but my other friend that he was too hungover to come but wanted to mind fuck me i know it's just things like that dude and then like the social like i know the kind of people you're talking about and i i'm pretty sure i know the person you're talking about but yeah. (laughs) yeah i have people that literally like I read energy. So when these people mm-hmm. are so fake to me, I'm already being used. And for yeah. me, it's not good for my mental health. Like, yeah, it's it was, a black hole. I'm not going to lie. It was triggering me a lot. And then I was also relying on my self-worth on cloud. I was like, yeah. oh, so I'm going to be cool. And then let me go like this person's picture and then tag them and get a photo with them. So then my event blows up next week. No, like, bitch, mm-hmm. go buy my poetry books. Mm-hmm. Go on Instagram. My shit sells because my art is good. Snaps to all of that. And that's actually a really great point. It's like, knowing you like upon like one of our first conversations I immediately knew you were a real one because you put your heart and you put a lot of intention into the conversations but beyond just like those interactions you're creating and you're creating in so many different ways and different facets you're not pigeonholing yourself into like one medium I think your brand goes across multiple different forms and through your books, right? Like you have, you have heart and you have soul versus these people who like go out in events and all they have is a pretty face and, and not even a conversation. You're like, how have you been? They're like, good. You I'm like, this is like literally, I, 
I can't have more than like four words. I'm like, I'm over it. But that okay, yeah. so literally goes into the OnlyFans thing. So like, yeah. tell me everything, girl. Because like, obviously there was a controversy. Mm-hmm. Not controversy. You're you're in. You, you have an OnlyFans, but also like you probably interact with like guys that are making their body, their personality, right? So yeah, yeah. Like, tell me all. Like, give me your insight. It's, it's a. It's definitely. It's a challenging mix, right? Between finding creators. Because it, it goes to that hierarchy, right? Like if you want to promote yourself, you have to collab with people who like have a good following. And then a lot of them, right, are pretty much exactly that, right? The standard you're not going to have like a really deep connection with. Um, and I can definitely separate um, emotional connection from physical um, intimacy. And especially in the context, like I did that for most of my open relationships that I was a part of, like we would not be emotionally connected to anyone else but each other, but like we could have physical interactions um, and you can set different parameters around that. But I think OnlyFans brings into the mix a lot of those types of people that in my personal life, I try to avoid. And I think with OnlyFans, like you get to create a persona, right? Like you really do. Um, I created a persona that still is very much like sweet and kind and sensitive, um, but is also that bitch, right? And I don't have to be mean to be that bitch. Side note, you do not have to be mean to be that bitch. You don't gotta be a bitch to be that bitch. Like you don't. Um, Owning your confidence and owning your sensuality um, can really put you top tier without having to put other people down. And what I've actually noticed is the people that I would create with, um, we're often the same type of person I am. The, we're motivated, um, we're hustling, but we're also like sweet and kind. And like, we had a lot of conversations like back and forth before we like collabed on a video or a project um, that was like really, I could feel a genuine presence versus someone who goes into your DMs and goes S4S, standing for a shout out for a shout out. And I'm like, no girl, I don't need that. I'm sorry. That's so 2013. Like what are we doing? So 2013, like girl, we're in a new age. And not even like, you can't even say a word. You have to say S4S. I say L-O-L-G-T-F-O. Like maybe ask, hey, how are you? And then if you want to shout out if we're talking, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But OnlyFans has been a challenge, especially with, I have a big issue with how they've handled the whole um, getting funding, right? They they totally put sex workers, specifically BIPOC, trans sex workers who rely on OnlyFans for stability, security, and safety, right? Like they created a space where they did not have to have interactions where they could literally lose their life. They could be putting their lives in danger. And OnlyFans created a safe space to do that, right? And when they were gonna pull the plug um, and really focus on what? Fitness, like the fitness influence, it was basically turning into an influencer platform, right? It was turning for content creators to create content. they made millions of dollars off of BIPOC trans sex workers. And then they were just going to discard them for funding, right? Um, And I I have like a big, big, big issue with that. And so we're starting to see the rise of different forms and different platforms emerging. Um, And I'm hoping, my hope is that we'll create a more authentic space where sex workers can exist freely and not have to feel like they could get dropped and abandoned at any minute. Um, that's the hope, at least. I was thinking about making one called Only Stands. 
<laughs> and I thought that'd be a very cute moment. Oh wait, I'm obsessed. Wait, also, <laughs> so you out of your solo stuff? You have some yes. stuff, Daddy. What? Yes. So the reasoning behind the solo stuff, and I've only mostly do solo stuff, um, is because I'm now in a relationship and a monogamous relationship. Ooh, so, yes. Yeah. I'm such an so, old romantic that like that's my shit. That's I hot. It's real hot shit. It honestly I mean, is real hot shit. I'm not gonna lie. There's something passionate about that shit. There is, there is. And especially it like shows determination and willingness that it does, yes. You're willing to sacrifice attention, right? Like attention from all these boys that you have had so much attention from. Wait, you're willing to give that up. Nice. So you're yes, and you're new to the city, right? So like you're yeah. willing to give up that like yeah that like power that connection yeah is he so is this long distance though or is this yes and no he's front he lives in bushwick but he's a flight attendant so he's gone like he's i should say he's in town between six to eight days of the month oh so it is like long distance yeah it is in a way it is because he's really gone like most of the time and so like, when he touches down huh I'm sorry. I'm just so happy for you. Like you deserve, Thank you. like you're such a lovely human that you deserve, like you deserve happiness. Yeah. Thank you. I have like, I knew I wanted to date this boy very, very early on. Um, and what further reiterates the point is when I told him about the only fans, we were still in that like talking phase. And one thing I said um, was that I do not want to go from talking to exclusive to relationship yeah. i want to go from talking to a relationship because we are grown adults we don't need to put ourselves in the in-between right i said chad find me a duplicate of you like it's, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's bullshit the the talking state or the exclusive stage to me is non-committal it is like you want to say that you're like gearing up for a relationship. No, girl, jump oh, off. And a lot of them gear up and then they go. So it's like you yeah, just exactly of holding my hand and me not fucking other people for exactly. No, absolutely not. So we skipped we skipped the middle part. But as we're getting to know each other, I told him about OnlyFans and his reaction. Oh, Antonio, when I tell you I was gooped, he was like, "I love that. Like <laughs> you're really so free to express yourself," and I. You know, I really enjoy your like open communication about this. And furthermore, I know that this next year, like your primary focus is on security and stability, especially financially. And he said, this totally seems like the avenue to do that, right? You're your own boss. You have your own space. You can like express yourself and make money at the same time. And he goes, and I'm here for that. And he goes, we can have a conversation about, what that means in terms of our relationship, how that works. And we did, we had like a really open conversation about how I had been like collabing with people, but now that we're in a monogamous relationship, I'm totally willing to do like solo stuff. And if we do want to open our relationship one day, and I really do mean like one day, not today, um, we can have like, we can have an open conversation about that. And I thought that was a really sweet moment that he was like seeing sex work as something more than just um fucking for cash essentially um so it felt it felt really 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 good to have him solidify that and really like see me you know oh good so this is this is a dating app success story <laughs> it is yeah it is it really really is we sent lots of audio messages like 
way back when, when we were talking back and forth on Instagram. Um, and if you know me, you know, I love my audio messages. I think if Actually, someone- I need more of them, to be honest. Cause like, okay. okay. sent me that Instagram video last, or a few days ago and I was like, this is cute. <laughs> right. I want people to like, see me, to like, hear me to when I, I'm a very emotive, right? Like I, I am very expressive in the way that I communicate and lot. Often, I feel like when we text, we lose that piece of us. And especially, like, especially when I'm really interested in someone, I need them to know that I'm a lot. Like, I'm a lot, but I'd rather be too much than never enough. And so, like, I want them to see me and feel me and hear me. So definitely a success story via social apps. As long as, and I think it can be successful for people. You just have to show all of you. Right. I think in social media, we show like the best parts of ourselves. Um, I can tell you firsthand the best parts of myself is like 25%. Um, I still got chaotic and crazy and silly and stupid. Um, and I like to show all of those sides because you're not going to know the real me unless you see all of me. Exactly. Going back to OnlyFans really quick, did they take back the policy change though, right or no? Like, did yes. They- okay, so they did. They double backed on their word, but it's it's not out of concern for subscribers. It's the bottom line is they were going to lose their entire platform base, and they were seeing traffic drop, right? And people were going to just for fans and for my fans, and yeah, they saw that they were really going to lose money like well, it's even worse if we're talking it now because it's like okay you're you're not even now it's even more slapped to the face that you're not even caring about the queer and you mm-hmm. know BIPOC and trans community that was you know here I from the know. beginning I just think yeah so I hope everyone moves to a different platform are you uh, yeah. like are you making your move to like just for fans or something yep I'm probably moved to for my fans because they take less money per percentage only fans takes around 30 percent of every transaction um and for my fans I believe takes 20 percent um so and just for fans is the same way they take 30 percent too and so I think it's a good opportunity to switch and it's also run by Austin Wolf who is a queer um performer and so knowing that it is a queer platform created by a queer sex worker for what queer sex workers so it feels it feels more natural to kind of jump into that world um i'm gonna have to dive into the user experience but overall like only fans i'm good with sending her out and being done with it that it's is. a statement <laughs> speak with the money girl speak with the money <laughs> it really is it's more it is but it is more what you stand for and a statement whether it's sex work politics whatever the fuck it is like absolutely um it's all about mm-hmm. i know that's right <laughs> oh, what is it big dun, 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 dun. i love up uh, yeah i know that <laughs> uh so as we wrap up do you have any so anyone listening, right? Do you have any last words to tell them whether it's about OnlyFans, uh, Twitter persona, or dating apps? What would be some Chad Remy advice? Oh, some Chad Remy advice. I would say number one is be 1000% authentic. I think we fall in these traps that people are only going to like the best versions of ourselves. And you should strive to be a better version of yourself. But I think people put on this performance to give you the golden girls highlights, right? 
But the reality is, is like we have we have tough days. We have really hard days mentally, emotionally, spiritually um, and show those sides. Like I love nothing more to see people be vulnerable in spaces. And I know people are uncomfortable with that oftentimes, but that's when I really feel the strongest connection with someone is when I can see um, what I like to call shared shadows which is whenever you're going through something dark and emotional, like oftentimes we're all going through something that follows the similar vein, right? And you can have those conversations. And I think getting that connection, whether it's on Tinder, Hinge, Grindr, all of these things, um, all of these platforms and spaces, showing your authentic self will only do you good because you don't want someone who is there for just the highlights because oftentimes they ain't gonna be the one, baby. They ain't gonna be the one. So prioritize yourself and like love will fall. Love will fall in place. Um, well, you are amazing. And <laughs> I agree, do not change yourself. Um, yes. Just keep growing though, keep growing. Mm-hmm. And also being mean isn't cute. <laughs> Say one more time. Being mean isn't cute. Facts. Facts. Right. (laughs) Yes, you can be that bitch without being a bitch. Yo, facts on facts on facts. Mm -hmm. uh, It's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. You're fucking amazing. (laughs) Right back at you, girl. Right back at you. you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to actually have a moment with you tonight. Like quality time. I miss spending time with you. I miss you. But uh, thank you for being honest. And I shall talk to you later. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.